Shannon. I'm Nate. And I'm Rami. Yes, we have Nate again. I'm so excited. This is Workplace Hugs, where we talk about interesting things we've read or heard or lived um, or experienced to help us all expand our life toolkit with a whole bunch of empathy without a whole new degree. And this is part two of our, what are we calling this, Shannon? Partnership and work, life partners and work. Time with like Nate. Time with <laughs> Nate. Nate great. I love it. Okay, so we're on part two. This week we're going to talk about every day. We're going to talk about the big questions. And I'm just going to ask some random questions before we get there. Sweet. Who's more stubborn? Ooh, that's actually a really tough one. Yeah, <laughs> that is. I think I would say you. I was going to say probably me too. Okay, I'm um, glad to hear you're self-aware. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty particular about some things. Mm-hmm. And when I'm particular about them, I don't, I don't let them go very easily. He has mild undiagnosed OCD. I, I mean, you know, I just would like to refer to them as just some idiosyncrasies uh, about my personality. <laughs> Who's a pickier eater? Our daughter. <laughs> yeah. Talia more than anything. I would say you. Probably me, yeah. Yeah. Who's the better chef? Ooh. that's See, that's tough because we have traded. Uh, we often talk about, like, the person who does the primary cooking as chef and then the other person normally helps, like, prep. Um, so we refer chef. to them as sous chef. Um, and we've sort of traded roles off and on uh, throughout the entirety of our relationship. So, yeah. Which I, goes back to what we said in the last episode of like when people, when somebody is trying to run an Ironman or yeah. transition their careers, then the other person chefs. So I would say it's both. Well, here's what I would say. If you want a quick meal, Shannon is the better chef. If, I was going to say. Oh, no, 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 no. Like, if you want it to be done quickly. Oh, yes. Then Shannon is the better chef. Definitely. If you want a meal that is more meticulously planned out, I'm your guy. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Who is more adventurous? Oh, man. I would probably say you. Really? Yeah. See, I was going to say you. I feel like I lead the way on the big stuff, but you're more adventurous in the everyday. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> I know what that means. What I mean by that is like the older I get, the more antisocial I get, the more in, the more my introversion introversion is truly coming out. And so I feel like Nate is more encouraging on like, we should do something this weekend. We should see someone this weekend. And I'm more adventurous in the things of like, we should do an Iron Man. We should travel to a new continent. Yes. If that makes sense. Nate's like keeping the adventure happening. And Shannon is the one who's like pushing for like life changing experiences. Yes. That is like that. That is the perfect microcosm for our entire relationship, Ronnie. Yeah. yeah, it is. I love it. I love it. All right. Last question. Who's more likely to talk their way out of a speeding ticket? Not me. Yeah, I was going to say me because I feel like yeah. I have multiple times. And I have it. And Nate <laughs> like, well, I have a bunch of times. <laughs> so. Nate's like, I would just take the ticket and go on my way. I, I'm, I, I'm resigned to the fact that I know that I was doing what they said I was doing. And I do it more regularly. So 
It, yeah. It, yeah. It also happens to me more regularly than it does. <laughs> yeah. Nate's like the most peaceful, easygoing person, except for when he's driving a motor vehicle. <laughs> accurate. That is very, very accurate. I, I, I had a, it. I had a good friend say that he wanted to make a sitcom about my life. And the first like five episodes were just going to be like us at home. And it was going to be the most boring and unassuming sitcom you've ever seen. And then he said episode six was going to be us on a like countrywide road trip. And he's like, people are going to be asking, who the hell is this man? What happened to the guy from the first five episodes? Like this man is a stark raving lunatic. Um, So, yeah, it's that's that's true. I love it. Um, I have lots of questions about that that I will put a pin in for now. (laughs) So we're going to talk about two different pieces, which are every day and then the big questions, which I guess is multiple pieces. But I want to start with how do you manage whose career to prioritize? Yeah. So this is a really interesting question that I don't think listeners are going to like my answer for. I don't even know what your answer is going to be. I don't feel like we've... I don't feel like we've had to choose whose career to prioritize. I remember being really, I have a lot of compassion for this person because I remember being very fixated on that earlier on in my career at Target where I was like, no, 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 we got to choose. Like, fuck, I remember sitting in the Panera in Eden Prairie, Minnesota when we were still dating and checking with Nate to see if he was okay being a stay-at-home dad because I was going to be CEO of 3M someday. For the record, I totally would have been great with that. (laughs) Yes, yes. So I don't know. Like, I feel like I I understand where this question is coming from. I remember being very fixated on this, thinking like I needed to know for some reason. And maybe this is also the reality of like a post- COVID world, but I don't feel as much pressure to say like, no, we need to choose. Or maybe it was my belief before children that we couldn't both have careers. And now we do both have careers and we have a child and we're managing just fine. What would you say? Yeah, no, I, I, it's such a non-answer. I'm sorry, listener who asked this question. I I mean, what you said resonates. I, I think, um, I guess I look at it more in, um, the sense of, you're always prioritizing both. Like one of the things that I love about our relationship is we can very much be partners and in lockstep on everything. And also we are still very much our own people. Yeah. Um, and Shannon does not play hockey. I've played hockey since I was seven. Um, I'm trying to get her into golf, but, uh, (laughs) again, I should say, um, so like we have our things and she's a really avid reader. I'm not. And so I guess my point in that is you don't have to, you don't have to pick one or the other. You should be picking both and you should be trying to set set up circumstances as best you can so that both can do and succeed and achieve the things that they want to um, kind of going back to the part one episode. It's, it, it should be mutual. It should be a two way street that you're focused on your partner's happiness. Um, I was just thinking maybe that's our answer to this question. We don't folk careers are not, they're not who we are. Yeah. They're no longer at the center. I would say maybe at one point my career was yes. at the center of our life and our marriage, but for us, it's not about, choosing whose career to prioritize. It's maybe about choosing whose happiness to prioritize. Sure. So like if Nate 
um, and we've we've had this conversation. In case Nate's boss is listening, Nate's just fine at work. But you know, like if Nate ever reached a point where he was unhappy and he did want to make a change at work, I've said to Nate, like, babe, like we will figure it out. We will make it work. If you get miserable, he he took many turns doing that for me. We'll make it work. So in that sense. Yeah, maybe that's why I have not answered this question because we just don't think that way about yeah. whose career to prioritize. We think about like whose happiness needs to be prioritized right now to help us be healthful as a couple. Yeah. What do you think of this answer, Robbie? Are we being pains in the asses? No, no, I think it's fine. I think the the follow up question that I think will get it's us fine, to the heart of this <laughs> is when when Talia right has yeah. schools canceled, snow day. And you guys both have busy days. How do you manage that day? That's the question. Yes. Yeah, that that one's uh, certainly practical concern and realistic and has happened many, many, many times. I, I do think COVID and, and being in a position now where I'm already working from home two days a week as opposed to being in the office five days a week. Three days I'm, a week you're I'm, at home. No, dear. I'm working from home Mondays and Fridays. Oh, I'm yeah. in the office Tuesday, oh, Wednesday, right. and Thursday. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> We're still getting used to it. I didn't. I didn't correct you on the last episode. Thank but you. Yeah, no. Uh, so I think because I have the ability to work from home, and there's uh, a greater sense of flexibility in that space now than than maybe there was uh, three four years ago. Um, I think that makes things a lot easier and makes it easier for me to say, okay, well, I'm going to stay home uh, and I'll take care of Talia and, and that way you can continue to take clients. I think that's the other part where we can acknowledge that my work is a little more inherently a little more flexible uh, because you have clients like who are looking at like your, your time as like it's scheduled, it's booked, it's like paid for, it's paid literally. for. Um, whereas, and I say this even to my team at work, I don't know if people realize this, but at Best Buy, we're not exactly curing cancer. Uh, so if a meeting has to get pushed off a day or two because my kid's sick, like, cool. Like the world is not going to come crumbling down because we didn't solve whatever our business problem was for that particular day. So yeah, I don't know if that was really an answer to your question, Rami. So how do we decide? And like literally we had to do this a million times throughout the <laughs> pandemic when Talia didn't have school. We both look at our calendars yep. for the day. We both communicate to the other person if it's like a deal breaker meeting. Yep. Like, nope, babe, this is a deal breaker meeting. I cannot skip this meeting. Right. And then the other person has to figure it out. Yeah. If we both had deal breaker meetings at the same time, I think then we try to work to shove around those meetings. So if I had like a deal breaker client where I was like, nope, absolutely cannot. This is mission critical for a career choice that she needs to make right now or something with this, with a hypothetical client, it would be like asking that client, Hey, can you meet at seven o'clock tonight instead of two o'clock in the afternoon? Right. And, and I think, you know, being communicative, even with those people, whether it's with clients, whether it's with bosses or teams or whatever, People understand. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I think everybody understands that it's a, even those who don't have kids understand that it's a pain in the ass to get that phone call from school going, hey, you got a sick kid. They need to stay home. Yeah. And like, you have to completely reshuffle your life. So it's, it's not easy. It takes a lot of talking. It takes a lot of, um, 
in the moment and creative problem solving. Sometimes it takes relying on things that we try not to rely on, like <laughs> movies and television, in order to make it work. My little pony. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but but I think it's 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 about you know being creative in the moment and playing a little jazz and figuring out how to uh, how to work your way through it. Um, yeah, I guess if we were to speak very candidly, one thing we just had friends over and we were talking about this with them. One thing that I really appreciate about our marriage, let's be clear about it. Nate makes more money than me. And yet we are equal partners in all things. Like for, I don't feel like because Nate makes more money than me, it automatically means I'm the one that has to stay home with Talia every time Talia is sick. Right. So that is not the way that we have, I guess we can tell you what we don't do. We don't manage or choose who's career to prioritize based on who's making more money for the house right now. 110%. Because like, let's play that out for just a second, right? Let's say you're a teacher. Yeah. You would, I would still be making more money <laughs> than you, but yeah. that doesn't mean that I'm going to prioritize my time over yours inherently. Mm-hmm. Like it's. It's not just about the financials. You've got to think about all of the other aspects of of the of the job, of the career, of the situation to say, is there a way that we can make this work? And sometimes that's me and sometimes that's you. And sometimes that's both of us together. Yeah. Um, and you just gotta gotta get creative and think about all the all the options and find the best solution. Yeah, I will accept that as an answer. <laughs> okay. I was like, that was a lot of talking about a question that maybe it should have been a simple one, but I don't no, no, think it no, is. no. I think that's it because I think it's it's talking through the nuance there, and I I really like that you guys say that it's not a matter of who makes more because that doesn't matter. And I think to pull that back in, it's it's almost like how do you balance so that you guys are both at the same level of happiness and yes. making sure that you're delivering at those, pushing everything else aside. And I think. The reason I would say your first answer is a fine answer is it pertains to dinks, I think, and not to people with kids. Right. Because then it's much easier to say, hey, we're both going to work late tonight. Cool. We don't have to worry about anything. You eat something. I'll eat something. Whatever. We'll see each other. Yeah. But then once you bring the kid in, that's what I wanted to kind of poke at because I think that's the part that gets way more difficult. I think it's a lot easier kidless. Yeah. And I think the like I look at the same question is it's not even just about whose work. It's just about like in general, how is like, what's the litmus test or, or the this, this situation for our family? Cause you can apply the same question to who's going to put Talia to bed tonight. Right. Yeah. Sometimes it's a question of, Hey, I've done it the last three nights and like I'm tapped out. Other times it's like, Hey, I've had a true story. Listener. Sh- Shannon's had done a- it the last three nights and he's tapped out. <laughs> That's not what I'm trying to say. Sometimes Shannon's had a really long day or is, yeah. is you know, had uh, a particularly uh, emotionally impactful set of sessions with her clients or, or whatever. And so she's just like, I know you've done it for the last three days, but I, I really need you to do it tonight as well. Mm-hmm. Right. And you just you, again, you look at those situations and you figure out what the what the best possible option is for everybody in that in that moment. Yeah. Well, and I think, too, it's the same thing. My wife and I go through this for, like, working out. She's become a surfer. Uh, Prince calls her a surfer lady. I didn't know That's this. That's amazing. I have to text you about that. surfing. Oh, my It's gosh. the coolest thing. But when you go surfing, it has to be early, right? So there are mornings where she's gone before <laughs> Prince is awake. So it's like, oh, cool. Those are my mornings. Like, I get to hang out with him. We get to have a boy's morning. Uh, and there are mornings where I'm like, I got to 
I, I get to go and hang out with Nate this morning. <laughs> I got a podcast. So like, you're on your own. <laughs> so you're on your own, right? And it's like, how do you balance those things? And it's communication, right? But it's like, those are the things that are going to lead to more happiness for that person and are going to make everything. It's just greasing the wheels at that point. You're just making sure that everything is kind of running a little bit more smoothly because everybody's in a better mood. Yes, indeed. <laughs> okay, CFO, Shannon, how do you align on mission slash vision for your finances overall? Yeah, so this has evolved for us over time. We used to have monthly budget meetings where we would align on like what our spending priorities were, so to speak. Um, They've evolved to quarterly budget meetings-ish. Ish. Like we don't really have a structure to them anymore, so to speak. Which is probably not great, but... <clears throat> I think, God, we are just going to like beat some dead horses in these partnership episodes. I think it comes back to communication. So we both have shared what's important to us. So Mm -hmm. Nate knows that philanthropy and charitable giving is really important to me. Um, And so he knows that that is something that I'm always going to want to make a priority in our budget. And I know, I don't want to make like, this makes you sound shallow and you're not shallow. (laughs) I know that (laughs) hockey and golf are really important to Nate And so that's going to be a spending priority in our budget. Or I would say just like recreation, Mm -hmm. being active, Mm -hmm. getting to be outside is really important to Nate. How we align on those overall. Well, I think it's, it's a balancing act. I mean, you're only ever going to have so many resources unless you're whatever Jeff Bezos or somebody, uh, right. Who has more money than God. Um, but you're always going to have a limited amount of resources. So you've got to have some amount of communication and discussion around what is our, I, I don't remember what, um, uh, what phrase you used in the last episode, but um, you know, sort of variable stacked budget or yeah. like, Hey, these are the things that variable are most important. Budget, yeah. Like we know we're going to have to spend X amount of dollars on mortgage and fixed expenses and so on and so forth. And we know that we're going to have, Y amount of income coming in every year. This is what we're left over with. What are our big priorities? And they might be different quarter to quarter or year to year, right? Like if you're planning a really big home improvement project, or if you're like us and live in the state of Minnesota and your husband is sick of parking his car out in the winter all winter long (laughs) and would like to get a two car garage, you might plan for something like that. And those years you may have to adjust where you're spending elsewhere. Um, so again, it, it's about, to your point, communication, but also compromise compromise, and being willing to adjust for whatever the season of life is throwing at you. Yeah. How do you feel about, because I feel like charitable giving has always been in our budget no matter what. Yeah, absolutely. But I feel like that's been a little bit more driven by me how do you feel about that? Because it's some, it's always I'm sitting with that and I'm thinking, oh, did we never really compromise? Like, was I just like, this is the thing we're doing. Fucking deal with it. No, I think it's, uh, one, I think it's important to give back. And and this is where I think, um, I don't remember if it was something you took from John or Helene or who, but there's... My very godparents. Yes. We did an episode on that. Um, there's the notion of, do you want to be the hands that do the good or do you want to be the hands that make the money that does the good, Right. Maybe this is because I'm lazy. I would rather be the hands that make the money that does the good. <laughs> um, but I don't think it's lazy. I think well, it's, whatever. Your soul um, is calling. <laughs> right. 
Um, so I'm, I, I can understand, appreciate and, and recognize the importance of giving back and doing good in the world. Yeah. Um, and you have things that you are very passionate about. And so I think you put those two things together and it just, it makes for a natural path forward. Yeah. And then maybe it's finding compromise. Cause I can think of a couple of clients and, and people that I know in my life where maybe it's like, they would try to give away all of their money if they yeah. could. And I'm sure that there would be a threshold or a point where Nate would be like, nah, babe, we can't do that much. Yeah. Or like, like we need, I need to be able to breathe or do something. Oh yeah. So in, in that moments, that's where I think it comes back to compromise. Like you have to be willing to compromise. Well, we had that conversation even about, um, the mortgage on our house Yeah. where you wanted to be incredibly aggressive on it and yep. pay way more than I felt like we needed to. <laughs> yes. And I was really candid with you and said, I don't want to be house poor. Yes. I don't want to blow all of our money on a mortgage and then not be able to do the things that we want to do. And so we found a compromise. We found a, a middle ground that we could work from and we went from there. Yeah. Communication and compromise. Themes of these episodes. <laughs> okay. So um, I want to make sure we have enough time for this. So I want to talk about it now, but can we talk about, these relationship check-ins shannon you post them all the time you're giving us starter questions you're giving us questions you guys are talking about can you walk us through like where this came from how often you do it and kind of what it is yeah uh so and this is actually a good segue because these we used to do these with our budget meeting yep. right because we wanted to make sure that we weren't just like focusing on our budget but we were also focusing on like what else is important which is our marriage so here's like the core questions that we start with. And we do them roughly-ish once a month. I have to remember, what, what's one thing I'm doing great for our marriage? What's one thing I could be doing better? How are we doing on passion? I always screw these up. Passion is like physical, let's be real. Intimacy, which is more like emotional connection and commitment. I don't know where the first two questions came from. <laughs> I think that was just me. <laughs> One day. Of that's where they came from. Right here. <laughs> I think that's just me. Um, and then the last three came from like a money workshop that yep. we attended. Yep. Where they said, make sure that you're checking in on like, how are you doing on passion and intimacy commitment? So that that can be more of like, like a one to 10 scale. Nate and I always get to the commitment question. And he's always, what do, you, what do you always say? My, my normal response is, I'm not going anywhere, are you? I was like, well, I was thinking about it, but now that you say that, okay, fine, I'll stay. So those are the, the ones that we start with. Over time, go you've, ahead. I was going to say, over time, you've added, what am I doing great as a parent? What could I be doing better as a parent? Yeah. Um, We've added in parenting ones because that's important to yeah. us. And other variations of them because you're the single most inquisitive human being on the entire planet. <laughs> I was going to say, I have a good friends who, I guess their kids are like slightly younger than me, so I wouldn't say that they're peers, but now we all have kids, so we could be peers, who do this at the same time every year. They do like the financial and the relationship, like all in one, kind of the way that you guys did. I like the idea of doing it more frequently. I think the important piece in doing it more frequently is just making sure that it doesn't become monotonous. Yeah. And that it's like, oh, nothing's really changed since last month. So do we need to answer these things? It's like, no, like, 
let's just dig in and see how we're feeling on all these things. Yeah. And, and honestly, like I think the, the nice thing about the, the one thing I'm doing great, one thing I could be doing better, whether it's both for our marriage or um, as parents, those ultimately end up being, I think a lot of the conversation, which makes the questions around like, how are we doing on passion, intimacy and commitment much easier and can be more of a, a quicker answer uh, to go through. Um, I don't know. That's just me. I, I think the other part of it is we've um, the big thing that's always been important for us is we've made it abundantly clear that we need to be radically transparent with one another. And we've said that we are, we refuse to have uh, any expectation of mind reading from the other person. Um, and that's the, the beauty of, I think a lot of these types of questions is it, it puts you in a position of like forcing the conversation out there and it eliminates some of the notion of, well, he should know, or she should know what I'm thinking or how I'm feeling. Screw that. That's a, there's a line in like the, a Taylor Swift song exile or something. I forget what she says, but like, I gave so many signs. It's like, no, no, no. We do not communicate in sign language in our marriage. No, No, we use our words. (laughs) If you can't tell by needing to have two episodes to talk through this. I talk a lot. We we both talk a lot (laughs) and we like to use our words to talk. I guess one thing that I'm curious to go a little bit deeper on, because I know people are going to be, I know listeners are going to be curious. <laughs> Who initiates this conversation? 150% you. And does it make you want to participate less? No. Are you always willing to participate, even though I'm always the one initiating? Am I always willing to participate? Yes. Am I always in the best mood to participate? <laughs> Potentially <laughs> not, right? That's and, the answer. And, and, and that goes back to the lack of mind reading, right? Like, I love you. You oftentimes try to do these check-ins while I'm driving a vehicle. <laughs> See previous episode or comment about Nate being a stark raving lunatic behind the wheel of a car. Probably not the best time to have this conversation. Yeah. And I will very clearly uh, and calmly tell you now is not the time for this. Let's maybe do it later tonight or some other time. Yeah. So I wanted to talk about that more because I think people are hesitant to even start or or – People get bitter if they're the one that's more like me in the relationship or they're like, but I feel like I'm always the one initiating. And like, if I'm the one initiating, like, he's never going to want to like do it. And it's like, no, just because like, don't, I don't make that mean anything. If I'm the one that has to like bring up these questions every month and I don't take that as a sign of your lack of commitment or willingness to keep engaging in conversation and communication about how we're doing as a couple. It's, it's no different than, than having someone in the relationship who is incredibly futuristic and somebody else who is incredibly in the present futuristic, very much in the present, right? Like she's (laughs) sitting here thinking about things that are going to happen in 10 years. I haven't even thought about what I'm going to have for lunch. Uh, (laughs) So (laughs) true story. So like, I'm not going to be right where you are, but that doesn't mean I'm not willing to talk about the future. It doesn't mean I'm not willing to have conversation about it. It just means my natural inclination is not going to be to think that far ahead. Um, and so if you have those thoughts, bring them up. Let's talk about them and then let's go from there. Here's the other part that I wanted to dig into. And Rami brought it up earlier. Of like, is there any monotony in this? Because we've been doing these for at least 10 years now. Mm -hmm. 
Do you think that they're monotonous? No, I don't. I think part of it is because we... It, there's not as much rigor around them. Like, you know, when it was... <laughs> what would rigor look like? I think I think at one point it was like okay, like on the last weekend of every month we're going to have our budget and we're check-in meetings and like it's going to be almost like a scheduled thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I think when you when you break away from that and now he never knows when it's coming. (laughs) You're not wrong. I usually get a little bit of a forewarning, like, hey, I want to talk about our budget stuff, like, sometime this week or sometime in the near future. Okay, cool. Then I know that it's coming. But it's not, like, a scheduled event. Yeah. Um, it becomes more about a thing where when we're out on a date night, it just sort of naturally or organically comes up. Or if we are in a position where, you know, it's that annual time of year or, you know, biannual time of the year where we're talking about finances, it'll come up. Things like that. So, um I think that has helped break up the monotony, but I think having that rigor to begin with helped us get to uh, a level of comfort with the question and with the, com- the questions and with the conversation. Yeah. The last thing I'll say here that I think is really important is whatever your partner says of the one thing you could be doing better, actually do it. <laughs> actually make change because I feel like that's how we have built trust in the relationship and it doesn't mean you're going to be fucking perfect no. probably there there have was, been times where i've maybe said the same thing three check-ins in a row to nate or he said the same thing to me through, like can you just stack the dishwasher can you just put your dirty dishes in the dishwasher and it can be that small yeah. sometimes yeah and that doesn't make it for me i don't feel like it's monotonous when you tell me the same thing three months in a row I think of it as like, uh, okay, still have more work to do. And I'm really deeply committed to honoring him and honoring our partnership. And so I'm going to freaking keep getting better. Yeah. And the only amendment or or adjustment I would make to what you said was like, you said, do it. I would say, make sure you're making an attempt. Mm -hmm. Like, because you're not perfect. That's a better way to put it. And you're not going to always get it right, right away. Um, So uh, continue to make an attempt. And if it continues to come up, then, okay, ask a follow-up question, right? Like, okay, well, I feel like I did X, Y, and Z. Okay, well, that wasn't quite hitting on the the, the nerve or the, mm-hmm. the intent of kind of where it was coming from. Okay, cool. Now we've been able to refine and I can better understand where you're coming from. So, um, again, it's about being open and honest in communication and being transparent about how you're feeling, what you're needing, um, and, and make an attempt. No mind reading aloud. Yes. I love that. Sidebar for Nate and I. How nice is it when they actually do put the dishes in the dishwasher? Because <laughs> I've given Deanna that feedback too. And I, it like pesters the I heck out of me. I don't know yet. <laughs> you do you unplug my headphones. You unplug my headphones. Uh, I'm kidding. I just I'm stacked kidding. the dishwasher this morning. I'm but kidding. I guess it was that I stacked the dishwasher. It wasn't that the dishes were immediately put in it. Okay, I see the difference. <laughs> There's something really nice about the dishes going in the dishwasher, though. That's I find that pleasing. And and you don't always do it the right way, but that's all separate conversation. <laughs> Baby steps, OCD. right, Nate? Baby steps. OCD. Um, okay, let's get on to the big questions, and um, I want to ask you guys this one, which is the I love when I hear something, and we talked about this the other day with like like-hearted when something describes 
something that I've always felt or seen, but I hadn't had the words for it. And so the best piece of advice I have ever gotten in a marriage or a relationship is each person should be trying to do 60% of everything, but not feeling like they're doing 60%. I.e., it's not like I'm doing 60 and you're doing 40. We're both trying to do 60, but we still see it as we're both doing 50. And that rung the most true to me when things work really well. Um, How do you guys feel about that? That's really interesting. I'll have to think about that one a little longer. I like that concept, you know? Feel like you're trying your hardest or a little bit more and know that your partner is trying their hardest too. And I guess I feel that way in our marriage. Yeah, no, I, I want to be clear when I was saying like I needed to process that a little bit more. I was just, I, I agree with it. Hasn't kicked in yet. No, it's, um, the philosophical way my brain works. You know, this having been putting up with me for, a very long period of time at this point. Uh, 16 years? 16 and a half years? Don't like ask me. Um, I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I think it. I think that that, that makes sense. Um, you know, whether you talk about it being giving equal effort or, you know, the 60-60 thing, uh, I think either way it, it boils down to um, as long as you both are doing your level best to uh, – you know, drive the relationship forward or, or be in partnership with one another, whether that's finances, parenthood, whatever. Um, as long as you're both doing your level best, that's all you can ask for. Yeah. Um, how do you honor your differences, but align as a couple on faith, family, money, job, politics? Oh, I, I see. We've moved to the big questions. <laughs> I said this up with like a medium. You big know, just that. <laughs> So oh, maybe man. we should articulate how we're different. <laughs> so uh, we are definitely different in faith. Yep. When I met Nate, I was going through a crisis of faith. So I was looking for someone who is agnostic atheist. Fun fact, I don't feel like an agnostic atheist anymore. But guess who still does? But she found one. <laughs> so I offer that up more because I feel like that's probably the one that's the most yeah. different for us. Yeah, that's probably the most jarring. I mean, it's – I was raised Baptist, so I, like, I understand religion. Um, I get it. I, I went to a Christian school through whatever it was, fourth grade. Um, but it's just not for me. And I, I think that's – being the person who is um, – I won't say the outsider, but um, different from a lot of your family um, – I look at it as cool. That's my belief. And just as I wouldn't want someone else, whether it was my wife or her family or some random person on the street to try to indoctrinate or influence or, or impart their beliefs on me, I shouldn't be doing the same to them or criticizing or chastising them because they have difference of thought. Uh, or difference of belief than me. So um, I think that's, you know, anytime you talk about honoring differences, whether it's about faith, whether it's about family, whether it's about money, jobs, whatever, I I think coming at those differences from a place of um, respect, even if you don't agree, is incredibly important. 
Yes. And Nate has always, is my spiritual walk has been up, down, and friggin' all around in the time that we've known each other. And Nate has always been so respectful of that. The way that I feel you communicate respect to me in terms of our differences on that is like, for example, when I was like, I think maybe I want to start going back to church again. He, I was terrified to say that to him. I was terrified. So I was like, shit, this is a guy that thought he bought a bill of goods of like somebody who was also agnostic. And I remember you saying to me that like he would support me in that. Meaning like, yeah, he'll come, he'll sit in the pew with me. And he set a clear expectation of like, and I'm not going to be the one driving. Like, meaning like, if I want to go to church that weekend, it's up to me to be like, I want to go to church this weekend. And he'll be like, okay, let's go to church this weekend. So for me, that's, I don't know if a tangible example like that helps of like how we, we honor the difference. Like he's not responsible for driving not literally driving. Yeah, I'm sorry. I would drive. literally drive. He, he does drive to church, but like, like to he's not responsible for being the one to say, hey, let's go to Initiate. church this morning. Yeah. And, but yet he has enough respect for me as yeah. a human being to say, I'm willing to do this with you because I respect and love you so much. 110%. And I, I look at everything in life as an opportunity to learn something even if it is something you disagree with. And again, this, this is equally applicable, if not more so applicable to the politics side of things, yes. right? Like we are, we are very much on the same um, end of the spectrum. I think I'm probably a little further on the, the Could be. liberal spectrum than maybe you are. Um, there are <laughs> who other knows? Uh, who knows? Always, always keep them guessing. Uh, <laughs> but um I think it's the same thing where I have, I have very good friends who are, you know, uh, staunch conservatives and there's nothing wrong with that, right? They can have those points of view as long as we can be respectful and have some discourse and dialogue about why do you think the way that you think? What are the things that you're thinking? And as long as you're open and honest about where you're coming from and not operating with dogma. Right. Like don't mm-hmm. operate with um, this this belief that, you know, everything or that everything you believe or think is right. Um, I love there. there's a phrase from uh, the movie dogma. I think about life in both movie quotes and uh, stand up comedy, uh, which she loves. Uh, <laughs> but meaning I don't think about life in either of no. those terms. Another way that we're different. Yes. Chris Rock in the movie dogma makes a statement about um it's really dangerous to have so many beliefs. It's much better to have ideas, right? Because beliefs are are stoic and and sort of set in stone and unchanging, whereas ideas are more fluid. Um, you're more open to new information, new points of view, new interpretations, and it, it puts you in a position of always learning and adapting and changing with the world around you. So um, that's just, a, a, I guess, a life tenant that... I try to operate from from the thirteenth disciple. Yes, Barna- from Barnabas, the thirteenth disciple. His name is yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and maybe it goes back to what you were saying, Rami, of like the sixty percent. Because I think at the end of the day, like, how do we honor differences but align as a couple? We align on our respect for one another. Mm-hmm. We honor the differences by both giving sixty percent in that sense, yeah. in terms of compromise. So I never, I feel like. I see him compromising in areas where we are different and giving grace and allowance for the things that are important to me. And I hope he sees me compromising and giving 
grace and compromise and flexibility on the things that are important to him. Very much so. We're both giving 60. Yeah, and I would go back to a recent episode about like-heartedness. And I think... Yeah. To I told Nate about this episode. That's why he's nodding along. Well, and I think to Nate's point, like, I think you can have those conversations with people who are on the opposite ends of things with you if you're like-hearted. If you're not like-hearted, you're not going to be open. You're going to be dogmatic in your approach. It's going to be black and white. And if you're black and white, that's fine. But it's not going to be a conversation that you're going to want to have if both right. of you are seeing different ends of the thing and you both don't want to talk about the gray. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. Here's my last question. How does, and this is, I'm, I'm going to say uh, poorly phrased. So let me give an example here and then ask the question. When I started at Target, my wife also worked at Target. So we would take the bus together. We would go to work. Initially, she thought it would be fun for us to have lunches every once in a while. That died off very quickly. And then we would get on the bus together. We would drive home. And then we would have dinner together. How do you, how does, now that we're all, if you can condense that and say, okay, I don't have to get on the bus with my wife anymore. We both just kind of wake up in the house. We go to work in the house two days a week. Sometimes it's Mondays and Fridays. Sometimes Shannon thinks it's other days. Uh... (laughs) How do you allow the relational to coexist with professional when so much of that is blurring in terms of the spaces that we exist in? Because it's easy when Shannon goes to um, her rented space, Nate goes to his office, neither of them are at home. And then now, okay, on Mondays, you guys wake up, Nate goes into his office, Shannon goes to hers, but you guys are in the same house. Like water cooler talk is the two of you. It's not Nate getting hot water at Best Buy. How, how does relation exist within professional in those instances i don't know (laughs) do you what do you think on this one i go back to early on in our relationship where we were like we would come home for even in those moments right where she's going to her office i'm going to my office and we would come together that evening and either one of us would want to talk about something relationship based or relationship focused and we'll just for the sake of argument say you're the one who's bringing up the emotional topic if i'm still wired in what we would call business nate mode Mm -hmm. oh i forgot about this right like we would have business nate and business shannon and then like regular nate and regular (laughs) shannon basically almost as if we have you know um multiple personality problems um but we would be really candid about that and be like I'm sorry, like, I don't know that I'm in a position to be able to have this conversation right now because I'm still, and we would literally say, I'm still in business Nate mode, right? Because it was, I had just got home or I had just got a work call or I was dealing with something, whatever, for whatever the reason was. So I think acknowledging that not necessarily the physical setting and where you're at, but the mental state that you're in when you're coming into any of those conversations is really important. Um, so too is being clear with your partner about what you want to discuss with them and maybe giving them, just like you would at work, give them a pre-read, right? Mm-hmm. It goes back to the weather reports that we talked about earlier. Shoot them a text and be like, hey, I would really love to talk about a thing later tonight. Cool. Let's. I can now mentally prepare for that. Um, whereas if you spring it on me as soon as I walk in the door, I'm not going to necessarily be in the right headspace for it. I don't know. 
Yeah, no, I like that. And I think it, it goes back to observation too. Like if you feel like that your partner is not meeting you in the energetic space that you need to be in, like there have been times, especially throughout the pandemic, where I would come into Nate's office like so excited about something and he would be still in business mode, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, okay, you're here. I'm pointing to our heads right now, listeners. And I need you to be here. And I'm pointing to our hearts, right? Like he would still be up in his head. And I'd be like, no, no, no. Can you come meet me in this place instead yeah. of being up in your head space? All the or time. other moments you would do that. And I would be like, hey, I really need to do what I'm doing yes. right now. <laughs> True story. So, like, True story. Let's take a full time out. And like, I'll see you in 15 when I'm done with this. So... It's important to make sure that, one, you are communicative in what you're wanting to talk about, but also in terms of your willingness, yeah, your willingness or your readiness to have that conversation. And again, it goes back to don't expect anybody to be a mind reader, whether that's your partner, whether that's uh, somebody at work, whether that's your family, it doesn't matter. Don't expect anybody to be a mind reader um, because it's not a thing. Nope. Be radically self-responsible. Yes. 110%. Those are all the questions I think we had, Shannon and Nate. Woo! So I, I'll do a quick recap because you guys just basically recapped it. So I think don't be a mind reader. Communication is key. Make sure that you're verbally communicating and you're not just assuming the person is picking up on the subtle hints that they may or may not be picking up because some of us just don't pick those things up. Um Think about how you can maximize happiness in times of stress and in times of prioritization. Um, when you're thinking about finances, Shin has a really good idea on the variable income budget. Is that the correct phrase? Yeah, I don't know. And it's literally for people who are on variable income, but I think people who are on fixed income can apply it too. But it's the like same thing. It's stack. like stack them and then... Mm-hmm. Maybe we can afford rent, gas, food, and then some of Nate's golf balls <laughs> or his hockey oh, dues this month, but not only his. one new club this year. Yeah, not, one new. Not he can't the buy set. the big Bertha, just the regular Bertha. <laughs> and then the relationship check-ins, right? So I think it, if the way for you guys to start this is to do it with the finances, great, start it there, and then I think to my and Nate's aversion, putting this on the calendar as like, okay, it's every third Thursday is something that I'm not going to want. But the more that you do that, the more naturally it can just be a thing that like, oh, we're getting coffee. Let's just sit down. Let's talk through these things. And then it becomes just a regular piece of how you invest in each other and your relationship, um, which I think is fantastic and can evolve over time to ask parent questions that you wouldn't have asked. You probably would have asked how you are as a dog parent previous, but now you can ask how you are as a human and a dog parent. (laughs) (laughs) And then just finding ways. And look, I think if you are in a good and healthy relationship, you're going to find a way to honor the differences. And I think the thing is to really appreciate that you can even do that within your relationship is a sign that it's succeeding. And I think the fact that Nate is agnostic, but then still willing to go to church, I think is a huge piece of, of showing the, the, the willingness to invest in the other person's passions and what they're kind of focused on. And I think, uh, if you guys are finding space where you do that in your own relationships, I think that's really good and honor those, right. And honor that your partner is supporting you in those things and try and support them in their things. 
and then I think finally for the the coexisting piece, it's make sure that the head and the heart are in the right place for the conversations. But then also maybe it's just the space, right? Maybe the office is a sacred space and you should not be having non-water cooler talks in there. If you need to have real conversations, like get them out of their space and have it somewhere else. Um, I think that was, did I recap? Did I hit all the things? Yeah, I you think did. so. Knocked okay. it out of the park. Can Here I say go. thank you so much, Nate, for joining us? You are our first, our guest. Yay! You are our double first guest, uh, which is tremendous. We are very happy to have you. And thanks to actually both of you for being vulnerable and, and kind of peeling the curtain back. I think uh, it's really helpful for us as listeners uh, to to understand how other people work through these things to kind of get advice for ourselves, right? Like, I think when Shannon and I talk about the work things and the, and the business things and the, and all those things, it's how do we, how do we share our experiences to help you guys expand your toolkits? And I think this is a really important piece for a lot of us in relationships to, to just see how someone else is doing it and, and kind of both feel the, the warmth that we're doing similar things and also the knowledge gain of knowing that we're doing different things and that we can kind of learn from each other. Um, I appreciate both of you. So thank you both for joining and, and being vulnerable this week and last week. Thank you for having me. Thanks for hosting. Thanks for You're the best. moderating us. <laughs> for putting up with us. <laughs> so with that, uh, we'd love for you guys to connect with us on LinkedIn, on Instagram. Let us know, like, do you guys do relationship check-ins? What are questions that you ask that you find that are really helpful uh, that we can all add to our relationship check-ins and, and expand that piece of our relationship. And with that, I've been Rami. I've been Shannon. And I'm still Nate. Yes, he's still Nate. (laughs) And this has been Workplace Hugs. (laughs) 